G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I am Sean Coates. Thank you very much for joining me and thank you for sticking with ABMP during these tumultuous times. I remember in the first episode that we did in 2020, I said 2020 was the year another Bloody Movie Podcast would become a real podcast and oh how wrong I was. A pandemic had to go in there and completely derail us. But the upside to this is with film festivals going online, I've been able to do some great interviews with filmmakers as part of online film festivals. And one that you're about to hear with a Perth-based filmmaker, Paul Comedina, the director of the new Australian sci-fi short film, Abduction, which recently played at the North Bend Film Festival as part of Nightstream, which was this big online event in the United States where five different genre film festivals in the US, including North Bend, came together for this big weekend of online film, uh, just a giant online film festival. It was a really great event, and uh, I was, I'm covering this for that, even though it was two weeks ago. I was This was initially meant to come out during the festival to promote it, but unfortunately for me, life and just work just got in the way, and I have not had the chance to edit this interview and post it until right now. So it's no longer playing at North Bend or Nightstream at the moment. But if you want more, at the at the end of this interview, if you want more information about the film, head to abductionshortfilm.com for more information and about screenings and upcoming festivals. But a little bit about Paul's film before I jump into the interview. The synopsis reads, After a night out drinking, Matilda wakes up in a field with no memory of how she got there. Swamped with strange visions and marks on her body, Matilda must retrace her steps to find clues from the missing hours. But what she discovers is a trail of judgment and cruelty. Now, at only just 16 minutes, as I said, this is a short film, this actually packs way more intrigue, drama and genuine tension than most feature films I have seen recently. And that is a massive testament to Paul's direction and you're going to hear more about the making of this film and just about the film itself. You're going to hear my chat with Paul right now. Enjoy. I'm here with Paul Comedina, the director of the new Australian science fiction short Abduction, playing at the North Bend Film Online Film Festival, part of the Nightstream Festival. Paul, thank you for joining me. No, no, no worries, Sean. Absolute pleasure. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your short film? Yeah, uh, it's called Abduction. It's a sci-fi short about a girl who goes out uh, drinking and basically blanks out, loses time, and then the film is her retracing her steps and kind of slowly the community around her turns on her as she figures out what she may or may not have done or is accused of doing. Um, the story came from our writer, Frances Elliott. She actually had her drink spiked out um, at a club and went through a bit of an ordeal and not only that, was sort of faced with a lot of people around her were kind of not believing her or sort of subtly blaming her, like, why'd you leave your drink lying around, that kind of stuff, which, you know, not only she had to deal with what she went through, but, you know, having her friends not believe her, I think, was pretty upsetting. And, yeah, she kind of spun that story into this story of a girl getting potentially, maybe or maybe not, abducted by aliens. You know, there's a big parallel, I think, between the two and... Uh, I think it was a way for her to deal with it, but also really kind of a fascinating way to just open up the story and put it in the genre. And I, I just sort of fell in love with it. She asked me to direct it, and we went from there. And how long? And that's that's incredible. First of all, that's uh, really terrifying. And um, yeah, I've got I'm 
kind of speechless from that. That's uh, horrifying. What happened to uh, to Francis there? Um, but yeah, it so is. Like... Sorry, I'm I'm probably dropping it quite casually because I've, I've <laughs> told the story a few times. But it, it yeah, it really was. It was you know quite a not a not a pleasant experience at all. Mm. And, and the the sh- other shocking thing was when she kind of came out and told us, and you know we were in development on this. The number of my female friends that suddenly came out and said, "Oh yeah, that happened to me as well." Like how prevalent it was, I found really sad and really kind of scary. That's it's it's horrifying. Um. Yeah. In the like the the sort of small town like the rural town setting like uh, other than like you know parts of like the countryside uh, we only ever see like the pub of this small place mm. of this small town mm-hmm. and just like the the abuse and sort of judgment that she gets from and that the fact that no one believes her with this story and like it also just reminds me of like uh you know like prominent sort of like uh like sexual harassment sexual assault cases where like people just don't believe them even. And to put that into a genre context, it was really fascinating. Absolutely. And that's, that's what totally got me excited by it. And, you know, I don't like to be too prescriptive with what films are about or what people take away from them. But, yeah, the whole, you know, the whole issue of victim blaming is definitely something we're talking to. And, and hopefully people come away a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more open to listening to people. Yeah, definitely. And and in and in t- sort of tackling this subject matter in the, a genre context, what sort of challenges came with that? Um, yeah, it's sort of you know balancing the two because we've we've kind of wanted to create two realities in this film of essentially, yeah, did did she get a drink spiked and was you know she abused or or did things un- unwittingly or was she abducted by aliens and or is one her mind, you know, covering for the other. And we kind of wanted to make a film where it was very open and two different realities are possible. So our biggest challenge was kind of juggling that, leaving every scene a little bit open to interpretation. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting when you take a story that is based on something quite, you know, horrific and you then you're sort of making, quote, unquote, you know, entertainment out of it. You want to be really careful about what you're doing is... You know, it's not it's not salacious or, or, or exploitative, um, but at the same time, it's it's something that people sit in a cinema and watch. So you, you know, you kind of got to take them on a journey. So juggling all of that, you know, we wanted to make something you know, hopefully important and and serious, but at the same time that was you know a visceral journey and hopefully people could get something out of it um and so your film kind of occupies the same space of like one of my favorite very specific niches of genre films which is low budget high concept australian science fiction where Uh i've seen it so many i've seen it so many times especially over the 2010s and this early part of this from what we've got of the 2020s so far like um Films like sort of like Predestination and The Rover mm-hmm. and uh, like Other Life and there's a bunch of others I'm blanking on, Upgrade and all of these films and shorts like, you know, your film and uh, Audio Guide, which I got to catch earlier this year. What do you think What do you think it is about that Australian productions and I guess Australian like creatives that do this concept so well? Or like, so why do you think that this is so sort of prevalent in Australia, this sort of low budget genre filmmaking? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I haven't given it too much thought, to be honest. It's it's a great connection you're making there. I think it's partially it's probably necessity. Um, you know, resources. We don't have a huge industry in Australia. We don't have millions of dollars for every project. So you want to, you know, we kind of have to do things a little bit grassroots. And if you're dealing with sci-fi, then it becomes, you know, this sort of more 
budget gritty and, and you kind of have to focus on the ideas rather than the effects or, you know, big set pieces, for example. So I think maybe some of it's out of necessity. I know with us it was a way to talk about things coming at them from a kind of bit of a sideways angle. And I think genre is always good for that. You know, if, um, recent just talking American films, you know, obviously something like Get Out, but, you know, Dawn of the Dead back in the day talking about consumerism, like all the great genre films are never really just about what they're about. There's sort of something else under the surface. And I think, uh, I, I don't know, I think <laughs> we're doing that here in Australia. And I think especially genre films is something that you know, sometimes it's a bit of a dirty word and some of the funding bodies want to make a bit more, uh, you know, social issue kind of films or they, they just seem to sometimes shy away from genre. So you kind of get the mavericks on the side a little bit playing with that who often don't have a little bit of money. So you kind of, yeah, you have to do the high concept thing and, 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 and throw some ideas in there because you don't quite have the money maybe. Mm. Sorry, that might have been a bit of a ramble, but... No, that's <laughs> you fine. Don't that's that. fine. I completely agree. And yeah. I think it's also that people sort of, like, dismiss, like, most genre, like, you know, science fiction and horror mostly as sort of lowbrow and often yeah. don't really see it for, I guess, the vessel for social and political commentary that it often is. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't like to be preached to. I think films should be entertaining, but at the same time, it's nice when they're mm. about something. That's the area I really love. And I think sometimes it's intentional and sometimes somebody's just making a piece of entertainment, but you kind of can't help put your point of view of the world in there somehow. I've had a look at your filmography in, terms, like, in preparation for this interview, and it seems, correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems that like this sort of genre filmmaking, as much as you've said that you've liked it, it's sort of an outlaw, like a, somewhat of an outlier in your filmography. Um, from what I saw, and it, the only other thing you've really done that could be like considered like genre in like the sci-fi or horror like sort of sense, is yeah, your a, a feature film which you completely self-funded back in '09 called The Director's Cut, which I now really want to check out. Um, and you also got a background in not just short films but also uh, music video and uh, commercial music videos and commercials. Um, how much do you think like your background in other areas sort of informed? or maybe not have informed what you've done here in Abduction? And just, uh, if that makes sense, apologies if that's rambly. But yeah, no, I mean, talking about it being an outlier, it is interesting because it's kind of where I want to be, you know, the genre and, and, and talking about issues using genre. And, but, you know, along the way, you get, you get distracted. <laughs> Different projects rear their heads, or, you know, sometimes, the one that you get funding for was the one you didn't expect to get funding for. So there are a lot of scripts I've written that are maybe a little bit more along this line that just haven't got made yet for whatever reason. Um, and most of them are features. And, you know, the, the journey to create, to raising the money and getting actors attached and all the things you need to do to make a, a feature with a decent budget in Australia, you know, they take a long, long time. So I, I think... In the meantime, I've tried to keep busy, and that's meant music videos, and that's mm. meant you know a web series and some other shorts, and a lot of commercials is the day job. So it is it is kind of interesting where you find you've, you've done a whole bunch of things. I, I guess also I, I'm just kind of I get excited by an idea, and I, I don't know if I sit down too much and think about 
the track my career should take and, you know, maybe I'll look back and there's a commonality between all my work, but at the moment it does feel a little random maybe. Um, but I think I've, I've become a bit more focused in the last couple of years. Um, and speaking specifically to abduction, I, I think it's the first time I've kind of done done it right, done what I want to do right. Like the, the kind of film we've made I'm very proud of and, you know, I don't really like anything I've done in the past. I'm one of those people who looks back and kind of hates everything I've done. Um, this is one I'm quite proud of. So if I can continue down this line, I'll be pretty happy, I think. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're proud of the film because it seems like people are loving this everywhere. Um, in one of the festivals that you played at, uh, Cinefest Oz in your home of Perth or in your home state of WA, uh, won, was it the Audience Award? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And so that's something that's another interesting point of topic. So it's currently playing at the North Bend Film Festival as part of Nightstream at the moment and it also played at the Atlanta Film Festival uh, very recently too. Um so you've ha- now had uh both uh abduction play in both a virtual festival and also a more traditional festival. Um how has it been how how have you felt the differences between the two sort of formats? Obviously, in in the ty- in the age of uh, COVID nineteen, it's what they you know the new normal for films, I guess. And it's uh, again, apologies for rambling, but how how have you felt the differences between uh, your film playing at both a more traditional festival and an online one? Yeah, it's it's definitely exciting and something we're sort of adjusting to very quickly because each festival seems to be its own beast at the moment. We had Cinefest Oz, which is a which is a festival that you know we've had in WF quite a while now, and I know very well. I go on this every year, and it's a great festival. Um, they were sort of the big first event, you know, in Western Australia, film-wise, that sort of happened and and was almost normal. It was a little bit reduced in size, and they did also run a lot of the content online. But it was great that we had you know physical screenings with people and you got that immediate feedback. You know, we had we had Q&As and we were able to talk to people afterwards and we got a great response. And as you mentioned, we won the Audience Award, which is, you know, voted for by people who just come and watch it. So that was sort of really gratifying. Um, and then, yeah, then we have uh, these online things. So Atlanta was meant to happen a lot earlier in the year and was going to be our world premiere, but they ended up delaying because of COVID. Um, and, you know, I had... We had our book. We had our tickets booked to go, and I was really excited. I've, I've been to the states, but I've never been to Atlanta and um, somewhere I've always wanted to be. So it was very disappointing when we couldn't go. Um, and they've they turned it into an online festival. I think they're also they did some driving screenings, which is pretty cool. Um, so I guess the difference is for us, you know, we you know one we can't go, but we've been doing you know interviews and, and sometimes you know we filmed an intro for the film so the audience gets to see that and it puts the film in a bit of context and we've done you know online q a's uh like virtual sort of panels which they've been screening as well but yeah we don't really get the feedback so much you know people from the festival contact us and they tell us they like it and that's great but you don't you don't really know what the audience is uh, getting out of it mm. so it's a, it's a little bit strange but at the same time it's it's really cool that, and with Nightstream as well, that they're doing it and people are still getting to see stuff. And I've looked at the programs and they're very exciting. As our short in amongst a bunch of very cool other looking films. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it's, it's just where we are right now. <laughs> 
it seems that the trade-off is like, as you've said, you don't get that sort of immediate feedback. And I guess you don't get to see like, I guess the, yeah, the reaction to the audience, I guess in real time and what they think of your film, but also the, in, in like in con- contrast to that, the more like it's, it's more widely available through the internet so people can see it. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I think that short, like short films, especially could ad- like, Will fare would fare better than I guess features in this sort of online festival space. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. I think people will be much people might be more likely to yeah watch a short uh, program than than they might physically or even individually watch one or two shorts rather than a whole program. Um, absolutely, and, and like you say, it's definitely got a wider reach. You don't have to be in that particular town at that particular time to watch it you buy a, a you know uh, I forget if they call it a token or a but you know you buy your ticket and then you, the screening's open for a period of time and you can watch it whenever you want at your own convenience you know as you do in Netflix or anything like that so that's pretty cool yeah although I would love to see your film on a big screen as well especially with like a really great surround sound system because it's like it's just really in, like a sort of very eerie sort of soundscape that that your film creates, like it just envelops you in like the sort of, I guess the internal terror that's going on in this character's head. Thanks. Yeah. We worked really hard on the visuals and the sound. And like you said, it's in her head. Like we really wanted to make a film that's very much from the point of view of a protagonist. You you want to see and hear and feel what she's seeing and hearing and feeling. And, you know, you also shoot for a big screen and you mix for a big room. And absolutely, that's always the best way to see something, I believe. And, and and going back, it is something that I really did enjoy with Cinefest. You know, you're sitting there next to people and, you know, they laugh. You know, if they laugh when you want, when you wanted them to laugh or if they're quiet during the tense moments, it's all, it's all very validating. And you, you do you get that immediate feedback and you know what works and what doesn't and what you might change next time. <laughs> but it's, it's always fun to watch it through an audience's eyes. That's fantastic. Uh, I'll, we'll let you go in just a moment, but just uh, before I leave, the last question I'll ask is: um, as I've said, you're over in Perth. I'm here in Melbourne, still under lockdown. Uh, your life is just starting to get back to normal for you. But how did you, I guess, cope as a creative under like in life under COVID? Were you more productive than usual? Were you uh, more procrastinating? Were you procrastinating more? Was your work ethic and I guess your create creative drive was that like? Uh, was that flourishing or was that sort of floundering uh, in life under lockdown? And part two for that, um, if you are working on anything, uh, is there anything you can tell us about of any upcoming projects? Yeah, so it was, you know, work-wise, a bit of a mixed bag. We we didn't get hit very hard. We've been incredibly lucky. We did have a short lockdown and, you know... Um, Everyone really had to adapt pretty quickly. For as far as our short goes, we were finished, so it didn't affect that. Um, it really just affected the festivals we were entering. Um, work-wise, in general, I, I do a lot of other things to tide myself over between projects, and I was working in post on another someone else's feature, and we very quickly had to move everyone home, and you know, the effects and sound, everyone was sort of working remotely. And you know, it wasn't. It was difficult, but definitely challenges, but luckily we weren't shooting and, and that carried on pretty seamlessly in the end. Um, as far as my own output, it yeah, weirdly did give me a little bit of time at home to sort of, I'm always writing and developing ideas. So I had a little bit more time to do that than I might usually. Um, and 
another aspect of my work is directing commercials and they definitely died off for quite a while. But on the other hand, you know, we've had some government subsidies, JobKeeper, which um, has been great support for the months that were a bit quieter than others. Um, but all of a sudden, ads have just taken off again. It's like everyone's making up for lost time and I'm finding myself right now busier than ever. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the creative stuff, I'm, I'm kind of just in writing periods right now. So keep in it and that's all really up to my own motivation, which, you know, you can fluctuate. <laughs> but right now I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty deep in some projects. And uh, just one little thing, just from what you brought up there, um, with the your commercial work you're doing at the moment, uh, how, in, it, it, I don't know if you've, st- you've probably still got COVID restrictions on that. How is it working under I guess this this these new sort of restrictions on like sets for these like commercial projects that you're doing. Yeah, we've we're kind of working with smaller crews and and some shoots have had masks. Other shoots, it's more you know everyone takes the temperature check and we kind of keep our distance. But it hasn't changed too dramatically. Our, our numbers are so low and everyone's being careful that you know it, it it almost feels like things are back to normal. It's been pretty good. Well, glad to hear. And something's uh, to end on a bad joke. Something else that's been pretty good and that was pretty good is not only your film abduction, but this great interview. Ah. Thank you very much oh, for joining so us, much. and make sure everyone to ch- catch for catch abduction at the North Bend Film Festival as part of Nightstream. Or are there any other festivals you've got the film coming up that you can announce? Uh, nothing to announce just as of yet, but okay. I'll let you know when we do. Okay, but there is a. Where can they go to keep track of the film? Uh, like web pages, social media, or. Yep. So we're on on Facebook and Instagram, and we've got a website which is productionshortfilm.com, and uh, uh, our Insta and Facebook are all basically the same. So yeah, all our updates are there. There's a little teaser for the film you can watch in the meantime. Um, yeah, you can catch it on at on at the North Bend Film Festival night stream, as you said, and hopefully we'll have some more to announce very soon. No worries. Make sure you look out for that one, guys. Go, go see Abduction. Thank you, Paul, for joining me. Thanks so much, Sean. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Paul. He was a great guest and great insights there into you know how this film got made and just, I guess, the, the industry here in Australia. So thanks a lot, Paul, for that great chat. But then also apologies, Paul, for not releasing this in time for Nightstream and to promote your film there. But if you do want to keep an eye out in this film and uh, see where you can catch it in the near future, make sure you follow it online. Uh, Go to the film's website, which is abductionshortfilm.com. You can follow them on Facebook. That is at abductionshortfilm. And they're also on Instagram at abductionfilm. And I also want to give a quick uh, shout-out to the lead actress, Alexandra Nell, who actually won the Best Actress Award at the North Bend Film Festival. So congratulations, and that was very, very well-deserved. And as for our plugs, you know where they are. You can subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts, essentially. We're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your good podcasts. Just search for another Bloody Movie podcast and hit that subscribe button. Like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod and on Twitter at AB Movie Podcast. You can follow me both at Instagram and at Twitter, that is both at SeanHub underscore, that is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. Read my written reviews over at moviebabble.com, that is moviebabble.com. Um, I will we'll post a short sort of uh, transcription of part of this interview 
um, online over at Movie Babble. So if you want to go back and, you know, read what uh, some of the things that Paul had to say, uh, you can head there and check that out. If you want to see what I'm watching, because I don't review every single film I see over on Movie Babble or here on ABMP, you know, head over to my letterbox and chuck me a follow over there. So I am over at letterbox.com forward slash Sean Coates. And that's about it, guys. Thank you very much. Lockdown is nearly over here in Melbourne, and maybe uh, Eric and I can start podcasting again soon. So hope stay tuned for whenever we're back on the air. So until then, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>